What's up, y'all? It's your girl, Shonda D and Naked Nikki, and we're coming at you with our brand new podcast, Brown Liquor, where we discuss all of the different taboo topics centered around lesbianism and all of the nuances it entails. Tune in every Saturday for new episodes dropping on all podcast platforms. And this is where it's time for us to step up and get naked. Fems, we gonna get naked too. But we're going to do a little bit of battling. So, studs, we going to win. we about to show them that we can be vulnerable. All right. Tune in every Saturday for Brown Liquor, y'all. Brown Liquor, y'all. I am winning healthy and wealthy. I am rewriting my narrative and taking back my own power because it's mine. These are just a few affirmations you can be reminded of daily with affirmation teas from Byron Marcel. Wear your power on your chest by visiting www.thebmexp.com and copying your affirmation swag. Again, that's thebmexp.com. Again, www.thebmexp.com. What's up, y'all? It is your favorite brown liquor girls, Shonda D and Neck and Nikki, baby. And we are back with another episode of Brown Liquor. We had some technical difficulties, but we are here. Okay. Mm-hmm. And due to upper management, <laughs> I've been told that I need to calm down because <laughs> I be loud and wrong. Ain't nobody tell you that. I didn't tell you that. Who? I didn't say that you was upper management. I just put it out there that I have to calm down a little bit, take it easy on the shots because I be loud and wrong. I just said just bring it down a little bit because, you know, when, when the volume levels hit a certain level, it sounds fuzzy. That's all. I know. So you telling on yourself, upper management? I mean. You mean what? Everybody know this is a you and me production. Hmm. Ooh. All I'm saying is Maybe that's what we need to name our production company. You and me. You and me production. Me and you. You and me. Me and you. You and me. You and me. Me and you. All right. (laughs) Ooh. I can't do that neither. Upper management said that I sound like an old lady. So I gotta I gotta start with that shit too. I can't be in here doing the woo and being all loud and wrong and shit. Here she go. I just gotta get it get it together and you know, say it with my chest. Oh. This is my moment. My uh-huh. my say it with my chest moment. So, you know, me being in the worker field while ago, I never really listened. While ago. While ago. <laughs> a while ago. <laughs> I didn't listen to upper management, you know, I just did what the hell I wanted to do. Uh-huh. But, you know. That's why you I'm work for yourself now. That's why I work for myself now. And and, and I'm gonna listen to upper management. On this grand scheme of things. Because, you know, I want this shit. I want this shit. I didn't want to curse. but <laughs> Why you don't want to curse? We already did curse probably. I know. I don't know. So. Yeah. Y'all know how we do. All the time. Say it with your chest moment. So, before she get into her say it with her chest. No, that was my say it with my chest moment. I'm not going to be loud and wrong on this interview. I'm going to keep it between... The green and the yellow. I'm not going to be talking to where it go to the red. Uh-oh. And uh, Well, they can't see what you talk about. So. I know, but they should know. You know, the little equalizer thing that shows you what your voice and shit is doing. When you're in a little pro- 
production studio. Oh. Producing studio. Oh. With a whole bunch of buttons and shit. Mm. But let me say this, though, and then I'm going to be quiet. Mm-hmm. I was on Twitter, and I seen this uh, picture of Michael Jackson and Stevie Wonder. This was back in the 80s. Uh, in the studio. You was tweeting? I was tweeting. Oh, you, you want you try to say right. it right now? I'm trying to say oh, it right now. Oh, you want to say it right. I was, I was tweeting. Normally, she says she was tweeting, y'all. I was twittering. She was twittering. Was twittering. Yeah, but I'm evolving. But let me let me just say this before. You evolving as a person. Trying. Mm. I'm trying. You see, yeah. I got my chin up and shit. That's all y'all we can do. Y'all can't see me. My titties are still out, though, y'all. That hasn't changed, but I'm <laughs> still trying to revolve so I don't be sounding crazy on podcasts and people be looking at me like, what the hell is, is, is Twittering? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh, so I'm trying to sound good here. But let me just say this. I'm looking at this picture of Stevie Wonder and Michael Jackson. And Stevie Wonder got some glasses on. Mm-hmm. Eyes open. And he's in there and, and, and he's touching shit on the mixing board. I, I, I was behooved. <laughs> it like, behooved you? It behooved me. I'm they like, may have had braille Stevie, or he might just know where what is what. Like, Do they, you know how many knobs is on that motherfucker? But he might, somebody might have told him like, this is the, this is the drums. This is the vo- voice section. I don't this know. is the instruments. I, like I said, I was behooved. I was stumped. You you believe Stevie Wonder can see? Is that what you're saying? At that moment, I felt like he was looking at something. Like I said, his eyes was wide open. Underneath the glasses. Because like, I was looking. like I blew it up. You know, I got that new iPhone 13 Pro Max. So I could see everything. I could see the pimples on the booty. All that shit. Oh, God. I'm just sad. I pimples can't. on the booty, y'all. Yeah. Mm. That's some um, New, new Jack City shit. I'm going to stop referencing that movie, too. I'm sorry. <laughs> But, you know, I was just amazed. I was. I was amazed. Like, how could, you know what I mean, a blind man be able to sit in the studio with all them different knobs and buttons and, you know what I'm saying, know exactly what to do? That's something, you know, in the making of a genius. True. And Michael Jackson was back there just as brown and cute. Like, Stevie, what you doing? (laughs) It was. It was a good pick. I should have screenshotted it and posted it in one of our groups or something. But, yeah, I did. I like that. That was cute. Yeah. It, it, like I said, they may have had Braille on the buttons. Probably. Probably. Knowing, knowing that it's Stevie Wonder, especially if it was his studio or a studio that he's known to work in, they probably made Designed it. Designed it for him. Yeah, especially for him. Mm. So they could have put some Braille on there. You Money. Know? Yeah, that was, the things that a, money will do. Whew. Yes, because he was back there mixing and shaking and shaking and mixing. <laughs> I, I can't remember what song they were working on. And I don't even think they uh, like specifically had that in the post. But it was, though. It was very interesting. And I was. I was sitting there with my finger on my chin. And like I said, I was behooved. Mm. Yeah. That's my word for the week. And that's my say with your chest moment. Anything is possible. That's that's the bottom line. Bottom line. If Stevie can be in there mixing some shit up and can't see a lick, y'all motherfuckers out here that can see, y'all better get it together. Get it. You ain't got no excuse. No excuse. Same 24 hours. Mm, same 24 hours. Mm. Say it with your chest. <laughs> this moment was brought to you by Brown Liquor <laughs> and Naked Nicky. <Nikki. laughs>
Lord of mercy. So we are going to get into the brown liquor drink of the week. This is a Mother's Day special edition because Mother's Day is Sunday. And this episode comes out on Saturday. So we're going to get into this mommy moment drink. It's strong though. So that's what the drink is called. Mommy moment. Mommy moment. I like it. When mom gets this drink, when dad or whoever pours this drink for mom, you know to let mama have her moment. Don't come over here. Don't ask me for nothing. Don't ask me for the remote. Don't ask me, can you go outside? Don't ask me, can your friends stay tonight? I don't want to hear none of that. I'm I'm having my moment. Okay? That's, That's what this is. the perfect time to ask mom some shit, though, because <laughs> you know you're going to get that yes. Yes, now what the motherfucker going to get out of here? Don't ask me no more motherfucking don't questions. Ask, don't ask me, can you have some chips? Can you have a sandwich? Can you have some juice? Everything in the refrigerator, leave me alone. Right. Ask your daddy. And you know when your mom is upset because none of the words is coming out right. Then I say to my just gritting, gritting. What my mama used to do, she'll say all our names. You don't What are y'all? Come here. But none of the, the none of nobody's whole name. Come yeah, out. nobody's whole name ever just made the first it. Three syllables. What are y'all? Get, get over here. Mad. That's what she mad. You want to hear some funny shit though? And then I'm going to let you get to the drink. Okay. I'm talking to my cousin today. And we talking about our moms, uh, you know, drinking and smoking back in the day. She's like, cuz, did you ever come in the house and I surely just had a pot of flowers just boiling? I'm like, what you talking about, cuz? She like the potpourri shit. I used to come in the house and my mom would be in the back smoking the joint. But in the front of the room... <laughs> All you could smell was potpourri and shit. And when I would go and look on the stove, like what mom cooking, it would be a whole bunch of woods and sticks. That's what they was doing before the Fabuloso. <laughs> I'm like, cuz, stop smoking weed. For real. Stop smoking weed. I, I mean, was cracking up. I was cracking I up. I can see it. That's what they was doing. I can see it. It that had the smell from yeah, the kids. Yeah, because I've seen people boil potpourri. Like, if you, if you, before, like you said, before Fabuloso and before like wax burners, people used to put the porpourri in a little, like a little burner thing with oil in there and you would let it like boil and then it would smell up the room. Well, that was some down south shit. We was hood. Up, Y'all put the porpourri in the just, pot. The bombs was just putting the shit in the pot and was boiling it. It, it's it's funny too That's that you mommy shit. that is <laughs> since it's mommy's day right. you know what I mean <laughs> that is and it's it's funny too that you say that because if you do if you ever sit around your mom or your grandma and just listen to them tell old stories you just be like y'all was wilding 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 and then they probably fried the chicken in that same pot uh, after they got done boiling the potpourri but you know mamas and grandmas they wash that pot oh you uh, they. Definitely washed. The they pot. probably put a little bleach in there and everything. Make sure it was clean and all the flowers and stuff was out was of there. All, yeah, we can't all make the, the kids stones can't break my bones, but I'm gonna make sure it's out of this pot. That's how come we still alive and kicking right now because exactly. we had moms like that and <laughs> allowed us to play in dirt in monkey bars. And right? Shit. Do they even have? They don't even have monkey bars for kids no more. Remember the big ass. Monkey bars. You I do to remember monkey on. bars. Yeah, yeah, we ain't got that. Kids these days don't have that. 
They don't have the same luxury of the playground that we had. When growing up, where you break your arm and okay. shit. Okay. And, and fall in and the dirt. You, you, every time your mama took you out there, she was like, don't you get on the, you get on the little kid monkey bars. You know you ain't tall <laughs> enough to be up there. Because if you fall, I'm not taking you to the hospital. We're not doing that today. Right. That was uh, mom's favorite shit. Oh, mom, I hurt my ear. Take a nap. <laughs> Oh, mom, I scraped my knee. Lay down. (laughs) (laughs) Or peroxide. Peroxide for everything. But, all right, let's get into this drink of the week before we keep keep venting on about moms. We're going to keep it going, though, during that whole episode. Right. Uh, This drink of the week, like I said, is called the Mommy Moment. You need some Malibu coconut rum, some Stella Rosa black, some pineapple juice, some crown vanilla and cherries. There wasn't even no crown vanilla back in the day. That's some new shit. I thought we was doing an old school I know. School I wanted drink. to find an old school liquor drink, but I couldn't find one that was just... What was that shit that was... I just felt like this was... I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just felt like this was strong and this is what mommies <laughs> need right now. You need a good strong... Today's yeah. mama. Okay. You need a good, strong drink that's going to, you know what I'm saying, put you in that mode where you ain't worried about them kids. What's the Stella Rose? What is it? Is that wine? Or? Yeah, it's red wine. Red. Stella Rose Black. Mm. It's a red is wine. Is that a Merlot or it's a just, sweet red? I think it's just a sweet red. Okay. Um. So, you mix. First, you want to mix the coconut rum. Then, you want to put the Stella Rosa Black. Then, you add your pineapple juice. Then you add your crown vanilla to taste. In other words, just pour. Pour. Because y'all know how we do. And you use the cherries for garnish. Just to make it look cute. You know what I mean? And use fresh cherries, man. In this day and age, we know better. Right. All that shit that's in the jar. It got all them sugars and stuff in there. and not good for Been you. Been sitting up in there mm-hmm. all that time. All them preservatives. Yeah. And, and since we already drinking all this man-made liquor any goddamn way. Right. They got all these preservatives and all these sugars. We might as well try to add something healthy to it so we don't kill ourselves too right. quickly. Right. All right. Now we done had the drink of the week. Do you want to keep venting about moms and talking about I got some more mama old, shit. old school moms did? Or Man. you want to get into our topic? We're going to get into the topic. It's a mama topic, right? Yeah. All right. So we're going to get into the topic because I think I know where you're going with it. You didn't tell me the topic. She didn't tell me the topic this week. but Because I, I want like you to be full interview mode like you was when you were very vulnerable. When we, we did the episode with you vulnerable. about your books. I love being... You know what I'm saying? Vulnerable and opening up. Because when we open up, it's like we always get uh, some messages. Mm-hmm. And I do have somebody that's uh, messaging me right now from Nigeria. And there's a lot of things that's going on over there as far as, you know, trying to come out of the the closet and How just they- being yourself. Because it's not received over there. Right. Not at all. And they're really going through a lot of things. So I just want to shout out my Nigerian women because you guys are keeping it strong. And I'm going to have to really look up some statistics to see, you know, what the suicide rate may be mm-hmm. over there. Because of, yes, because of everything that they are going through mm-hmm. and how their family shuns them and don't talk to them. And just their mental state mm-hmm. 
Because the story that I'm reading right now, like it's hard for me to navigate through it because she is from another country and, you know, she's trying to send me her information, uh, you know, in English. Mm-hmm. So it is like it's, it's, it's hard. But the story itself, though, I'll be in tears almost. Yeah. And I'm going to give you all more insight on that. I'm, I'm going to probably wait until season four once I decipher everything that's going and on. We and we get some more to, feedback and, from her. Yeah. Yeah. Get some more feedback and see. um if we can actually get her to come on and talk about it. As of right now, she's totally scared. Mm-hmm. She's scared that somebody may recognize her voice or a family member or something like that may, you know what I'm saying, hear it. And she ends up in the worst position that she's in right now. So I'm going to, you know, keep in and touch with her. And we definitely want to make sure she's protected. Right. At the end of the day, we don't want nobody doing nothing that's going to, you know, be detrimental to their life. So we definitely want to make sure we do it in a safe way. So we'll find a way to tell her story. Either it'll come through us or like we said, we'll make arrangements to get her on the podcast so she could tell her own story. And I told you my experience. I dated two Nigerian women. um, One of which when she came out to her family, her family disowned her. Um, Her dad completely cut her off. One of which... Her family knew and it wasn't that they did accept it or they didn't accept it. They just didn't acknowledge me at all. You think it was just you or the situation overall? I think it was the situation overall. I think the mom didn't want to deny her child at the end of the day. But I also... She wasn't accepting it. Yeah, I also felt like she... It was like... Yes, I know that you're, you know, you're gay, you're living this lifestyle, but you're also my child. So, I'm going to do what I can. I ain't acknowledging your little girlfriend over there, but me and you can still have a relationship. I feel like, you know, this is just my own opinion. In situations like that, uh, when... Like you said, you were at dinner and they weren't acknowledging you. I don't think it was like for real, for real towards you. It was to try to break her down. Mm-hmm. Like, we may be having this conversation, but we are not accepting it. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel like in the beginning with my mother and me coming out and saying that, you know, I was a lesbian and my mom being a Christian, she, what? No. I was her daughter, so yes, I could come over, but. At the end of the day, she'd be looking. I feel like they were rude. You know what I mean? Because they, uh, uh-uh. and I feel like they felt in their heart if they were, you know, what I'm saying rude and rude enough or nasty enough about the situation, it that would make us change. It would minds. make you change your mind. Yeah, I feel like that. I, I can definitely see that because, like I said in my coming out story, my mom definitely was like. When I came out to her, she was like, I know that's not what God wants for you, but you're still my child. Mm -hmm. And then we didn't talk for like two years. So like a year and a half, really. And our relationship had been rocky ever since then. But now, you know, that's my heart. I still love her to death. At the end of the day, that's still my mom. So, you know, you take it with a grain of salt and just keep it keep it moving. At the end of the day, no matter what, you still have to live your life for you. 
That's true. But I feel like we still have to allow our family members to figure out their feelings. Right, yeah. And, you know what I mean, how to navigate through the choices that we made as well. Because as time went on, me and my mother's relationship got better. You know, she did start to come around and, you know, get warmer to some of the females that I were dating. A lot of them, she was like, "Mm -mm, baby, that ain't it. (laughs) (laughs) That ain't it. Right. Yeah. And there was a lot of uh, teachable moments as well where I learned a lot about myself through my mom when she started to meet a lot of women that I was dating too. My situation was the same. My mom, like I said, after I came out, we didn't talk for like a year and a half, almost two years. And she eventually came around like she loves you. She tells you she loves you. She like anytime I'm on the phone with her, she's like, where's Nikki? What's Nikki doing? Like, mom. this is what? Like 10 years? How long you've been in lifestyle? uh, I came out in what? 2008. So this is what? 22. Yeah. So So, now we got years under the belt. Right. So So it takes some time. Yeah, it takes time. And that's that's just how it is for anybody, mom, dad, sisters, wh- whomever, whomsoever will. Um, that's connected I, to you at that exactly. time. Exactly. I never really had the conversation with my granny. I just started kind of bringing people around. And I think she finally just figured it out because I was never coming around with me. She had that conversation with your mama. Honey. And she probably did. <laughs> she probably did. They probably did sit and have a good long conversation. Right. But I was not involved in that. <laughs> and I love my gritty to death. Like, that's my heart, too. Like, She's you so know, sweet. she she is the epitome of what I want to be when I grow up. Like, that lady is everything to me. But before we get into all of that, it's time for a break. We're going on break already. We're going to take this commercial break. All right. And then we're going to get into the question. And then we're going to get into the topic because, you know, brown liquor, we fancy now. We got commercials and stuff. And that's my time to sip and refill. Because I need some more wine. <laughs> y'all know what it is. We got to tell y'all about our sponsors Sponsors before we take this break. Make sure you get your I Am Affirmation Tees from uh, Byron Marcel at thebmexp.com. And make sure you get your uh, hair oils from Natural Hair Legacy. Mm-hmm. It's summertime. Well, it's summer like in florida but it's summer like my ass down here it was 90 degrees all week it was hot hot. it's very hot so ladies make sure you quench that hair quench that scalp up under that wig honey because you might have the wig on top but you need to have that scalp right underneath there man i'm about to get a haircut (laughs) this this long ass hair getting ready to go all right y'all we will be back with more brown liquor Nowadays, when you look around, you see a lot of different hairstyles from wigs to braids, locks, silk presses, and everything else. All those styles can add tension and even cause damage to your hair. The most important thing is to make sure your hair remains strong and healthy. That is where Natural Hair Legacy comes in. Natural Hair Legacy promotes healthy hair growth by offering hair oils and butters that contain all natural ingredients like shea butter, Jamaican black castor oil, almond oil, and hibiscus leaves. We have an oil for everyone. Whether you're looking to thicken your hair, increase growth, add moisture, or repair your scalp, check them out at www.naturalhairlegacy.com 
or on Instagram at Natural Hair Legacy. Again, www.naturalhairlegacy.com or on Instagram at Natural Hair Legacy. One more time, www.naturalhairlegacy.com or on Instagram at Natural Hair Legacy. All right, y'all, we are back with the brown liquors. So before we get into this special Mother's Day episode, let's just talk about some of the things that mothers do that we may not have had, we may not have appreciated as a child, but now as a grown person that you get, that you can can appreciate and you understand better. I don't understand this, but I know something that mamas do. And this is something that I would not do to my son because my mama, she traumatized me. <laughs> you know, when you on your way to school or you on your way to church and you you walking out, you going to the car and shit, you all mad. And she stop you. What is that on your face? <laughs> and, <laughs> and she lick the fingers. Lick the fingers and then put them on you. And now you smell like mama's morning breath. After she done brush her teeth, drink her coffee, smoke her cigarette. Oh. Hell, oh. All of that, drink a coffee, smoke a cigarette, brush your teeth. All of that. All of that. <laughs> now you standing there and you got the droopy face like, oh my gosh, I smell like my mother's spit. <laughs> Mom, why you spit on me? I ain't spit on you. Get the hell in the car. Time to go to church. <laughs> it's time to go to school. One thing you should have my- washed your face right. Exactly. Mm. And lotioned it. Yes. 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 That was traumatizing. One thing my mama used to do, like, when she would get bad or upset, when she was just having one of her moments, she would, like, mix all of our names together. Like, she wouldn't know which child she was trying to call. It was just all of us. Like, she'd be like, Priscilla, get over here. What do y'all get over here? Come here. All y'all names. Just All, everybody. Jadon, Priscilla, Rashonda. Just Rashonda. I said, come here. Come here. What do y'all come here? Get over here. She didn't even know which child she wanted to fuss at. It was just all of us. It was a collective. It was a collective effort. Just everybody. Well, how do you appreciate that? I mean, because now I know, like, sometimes when you in the moment and you mad, like, you forget. Some stuff just may come it out. It just, you just got to put it all together. You forget the person who actually you're directing the anger at. And you just, everybody can get it at that point. I should just, I think we should have just said that these are things that mama's have done because I don't think we had we appreciated any yeah. of these moments <laughs> when we was growing up. Cause check 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 this one out though. That was funny because I'm talking to my cousin yesterday. We were on the phone and she's like, "Remember, boo, when we used to come in the house and in the back it would smell like the joint. Oh yeah, <laughs> but in the front it would smell like potpourri and shit. And I would go in." Like, oh, it smelled good. And I would go to the stove. And in the stove, it would be woods and sticks and shit. <laughs> this is before the fat, before people started, you know, upset, boiling the fat below. So it was just straight potpourri on the stove, boiling. And then once you actually creep to the back, that's when you smell the weed because they was trying to hide the weed <laughs> smell and shit. And you wasn't allowed to be questioning them, like, Mama, what you doing? Can I eat this? You better not eat that. And then, Get out of my pot. Right? Get out the pot. I do believe it was the same pot that they was boiling that potpourri and shit in 
that they was cooking the food. Mm-hmm. That's a, that, that's a shame. Uh, our mamas washed the pot though. You know, black mamas gonna wash the hell out of that wash pot. Wash the pot. You know, <laughs> they was gonna wash the pot. They was washing the chicken. They was washing everything that had anything to do with cooking. Washing the chicken? Yes. I even rinse my steak off. I don't know if my mama rinsed the steak off. I rinse off, every meat. I rinse some pork chops off that we just ate. Shh. It is one green a day for me. We I mean, we ate our green. We ate our broccoli and Brussels sprouts. That is true. We did. But we getting off, we, we getting off topic. We get off topic. We did what we were supposed to do. We now. did what we were supposed to Yeah. All right now. Okay. Uh, let me sit my mind. <laughs> you gonna sip on that? Yeah, I gotta sip on that because going into season four, you know, from upper management. Oh, here you go with upper. Yeah, management. I'm gonna have to like calm down and quit being so loud and shit. And I'm gonna start uh, boiling some remedies to calm me before the pot. You just drink the chamomile tea. Well, yeah, I like chamomile tea. And put a little shot in it. All right, but what else? What else? What else? We got that mamas did that we now appreciate, as you said. That corporation though was funny uh, as hell. What else can I think of that my mama did that I was just like mad at the time? But now you appreciate it. I don't know. Like my mama, I, I guess because I was the youngest, I got a, I got away with a lot. Like, and because I was the youngest and I was doing good in school, my sisters had kids early. Shout out to my sisters. They are one of the two of the best moms that I know in this world. Like my sisters did. They had babies really early, but they did what they had to do to make sure that those children were taken care of. So shout out to my sisters, Janine mm-hmm. and Priscilla Davis. Right, get your sex Davis oh, girls. Got some sexy sisters too. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I got like I said, I got away with a lot. Like I didn't really, I didn't really have. You know how they say the youngest don't really have as many rules exactly. as the other children. I was just getting ready to say that, and I was the youngest of five technically. My daddy had two. My mama had us three girls. So, so that's another thing that you know. We appreciate our mamas now because if you do got more than one kid and you got the youngest run, running around, now you can't be mad at your mama f- for, you know what I'm saying, letting your youngest right. sister or brother slide. Because shit, my sister be mad as hell too. I was the middle kid. So, you know, they mm-hmm. said uh, middle kid syndrome. Right. And then you got my brother. My brother was the youngest. We used to be mad because my brother got away with everything. Got away with murder. Yeah, I think that's one another thing that mamas do. That's definitely a thing that mamas do because... Not to say that I got away with murder, but I think that I learned a lot of my lessons from watching what my sisters did and did not do. I knew because I was the youngest and my sisters had kids at a very young age... I knew that for one, I didn't want that to me to be me, but I also knew that I could not be that same child for my mom. So you was trying to be you was just trying to be a little bit on a on a I don't want to say better. Because yeah, I, you know but, I, mean? but, like I don't want to offend your sister. But basically like that. that's what it was. Like in my situation, like my stepsister had her first baby at sixteen, my oldest sister had her first baby at 12 my middle sister had her first baby at 13 like i could not be that same repeat 
offender. You know what I mean? So for me, it was all about how can I make this different? And my thing was getting good grades and and being the best I could at school and sports and whatever it was I was involved in. Like that was my primary focus. Now, that is another thing that I'll say. And we talked about this when we just went to Tallahassee and, and we were sitting at breakfast with my mom. When I was in middle school, I would always get called to the principal principal's office for my dress code. And my mom was like, look, now, I, I, buy, I buy her clothes. I got to work. Her dad drive trucks. Like, y'all not going to keep calling me down here now just because she got a little bigger butt and a little bigger bust yeah, than these little white girls. You was busty. Yeah, That's I had to say. I yeah. had titties in second grade I you was, had buttons and was, <laughs> yeah oh no that was my sister my sister said you gotta put a brazier on them buttons <laughs> i had titties ah, in second grade so second i didn't really grade. yes i had titties in second grade like literally like not the little knobs like i had full forming breasts in second grade well you're sitting on some double d's now i know they nice too. i know Mm. But yeah, so in middle school, by the time in middle school, I was a full C cup. So like a lot of the shirts and stuff didn't fit me. And I, my mama was like, I'm not buying her. Like at the end of the day, my mama was like, look, I buy her clothes. Stop calling me. She she's very developed. OK, which I want me to do. Right. It was either but, hide the titties or hide the booty. Right. And, and, uh, and a lot of times my mom worked double. She would work seven to three and three to 11. And she'll be just getting home, getting good and sleep. We done left. So she resting. And here come Miss Bush calling her like about my dress code. And my mama would go off. See, that's the that's the beauty about mamas. I love when mamas yeah. would go off on the school. Would defend you? Stop, right? Yeah. Stop it. So that's one thing that we love when mama would a, defend. Yeah, because a, lo- a lot of times <laughs> when you get a call from the school, you think, you know, something is wrong. You know, you, most of the time you're going to take the school's word for whatever they saying. But my yeah. mama was like, child, please, y'all better stop calling me and waking me up now. I just went to sleep. I'm not coming up there. I'm not bringing her no extra clothes. None of that. I bought all her school clothes during the summer. Now, it's deal with it. It's Florida. It's hot. Shout out to the mom <laughs> that got the, the seven outfits for you for right? when it was time for you to go to uh back to school. Listen. We went school shopping. And, and you, nowadays, that's not enough for people. Right. be watching on Facebook and the people be mad when, uh you know, I'll say that the, the son's father's... You, well, the kids' fathers, mm-hmm. you know, buy that seven shirts, seven pairs of pants, socks, underwear, you gotta have at least two out two weeks of school clothes now for you for it to work. Yeah, because back in the day, man, mama, mama made it happen. Right. She had she had the kids. Most of us, you know, we had single moms. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So they were doing what they had to do. I took my one weeks and sometimes I only had four days. I had to mix and match. We had extra shirts, you know. Right. We had four pairs of pants but ten shirts. Right. You better switch them shirts up, girl. Exactly. All day. And you know you got the new pack of drawers and the new pack of socks and that was it. You right. got 
probably two pair of tennis shoes, one for play, right, and one to wear for regular school. And you got if if you was Shoot, a, I was saving both of mine. I was if, wiping mine right off every day. My play shoes, I was wiping them off. I'm wearing these. And if two you was shoes. like a girly girl like me, you got like two pairs of slides, and that was it. Two pairs of little sandals. You know what I'm saying? Open toe because it's Florida. You know, so that was it. That was it. Now. Oh, you's an '80s baby. Did you have the penny loafers with the penny in them? No, like the real penny. No, I didn't. But I'll tell you one thing: my mama made sure she ordered all my school clothes right out of J.C. Penny catalog. Oh, J- I got a J.C.'s penny. She was school. like, she would call, <laughs> she would call me in the room. She had the catalog open, and she had all the outfits that she liked for me circled. Everything was circled, and she was just like, "Just decide. Do you like that or no?" Put yes or no in there, and I'll order it. It'll come in the mail. We'll have you all together by the time the school year starts. I know that's right. And I just used to be like, Mom, like none of this stuff is cute. Like, no, but it. none of the stuff that she was picking. <laughs> so did you go back to the catalog? And hey, that's something that you know what I mean. As mothers in this day and age, y'all don't do it with the the kids anymore mm-hmm. because we don't have we don't get those big catalog books right. from JC Penney's right. anymore. Y'all order school clothes off of oh, Fashion Nova. Fashion Nova. Woo, everything is busty and beautiful. Right. Busty and beautiful. But what about this though? This is something that we we did not do, you know what I'm saying, growing up. Uh because our mom always worked. Eating dinner at the dinner table. Yeah. All as a family. Every we, now and then we will be able to get together. You know, most of the times it would be holidays. Because mm-hmm, like I said, right. for me, my mom worked. But that's something that I do appreciate now that uh, we weren't able to do when when I was growing up. Right. Once I got older, you know what I mean, my mom got a lot more settled. Then yes, we would. We going to sit down and we going to eat. I'm lying. <laughs> it was on holidays. Right. <laughs> yeah, my mom it worked. was on holidays. My mom worked like seven to three and she would come home and make dinner or my one of my sisters would make dinner for us. Um, but we never really ate at the dinner table. It was like we had a dining room and we had a Everybody. big ass nice dining room table that was decorated. But it was like, you don't go in there. You don't yeah, touch that. Yeah, like we had the china <laughs> cabinet behind the dining room table and everything. Oh, but you don't you go in there. You don't touch. The, the good the, china. Yeah, you, you don't. You don't touch nothing in china. there. You get your plastic, your uh, paper plate. Yeah, and, and you go cup. sit down somewhere. Right. Oh, now what you saying that? That's taking us to the bathroom. I appreciate you, Mama, for this one. <laughs> you better not. Wipe your hands on my brand new towels <laughs> that I got there. Why don't we got all these pretty towels in the bathroom it's and you ain't allowed to, to touch nothing? It's for decoration. Decoration. You better put a, a roll of paper towels in there. Or something. Because if you touch my brand new towels that I got in there for decoration. That's your ass. I'm going to whoop your ass. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to whoop your ass. And right. that's the, we the same way now. Actually, we have some decorative towels in there that you bet not use. Bet not. Bet not. That's not even a e t t b e t t e r. It's bet not. Bet not. That's one word. <laughs> you know whose house though that we go over and you can use their towels? Who? Malice. Malice. <laughs> 
Hey, Bala, yo, I love you. You ain't wipe your hands up the little towels in there. We come out the bathroom with our hands wet. Sure, wet, looking for the paper towels, right. trying to be respectful. Like, what a usual decorative towel. Right. Go ahead, girl, use them towels. Use them goddamn towels. Yeah, try your hand. <laughs> and they bathroom is always so cute. They it's always clean. got the decorative towels and the, they got and the women's matching, products um, in there. Matching rugs and right. shit. Go ahead and use them towels. And you know what else I like about that? They got the little um the the little cutty in the back. I'm not saying it right. Oh, I know what you're talking about. The little thing with the women's products in there. Yeah, yeah, they got the little women's products. So if you come on or anything, like you don't got to be running you around. You prepared like, over there. Girl, you got a pad or you a got tampon, a tampon. Right. You ain't got to do none of that. You go in the bathroom, they got the Febreze. They got the tampons. They got the wet wipes for your Gucci and your booty. Right. They got the pat pat. I think the pat pat. <laughs> You know, you pat here, pat there. The motherfuckers <laughs> might got a fan in that bitch if you like the air dry. Listen, listen. <laughs> they got it all. I appreciate they mamas because they, they raised houses, it. Right? They, they raised them point. right. They, they made them sure right. yeah, that they, they knew yeah, bathroom they etiquette, what, what to have in the bathroom. Right. Bathroom etiquette 101. <laughs> all right. So we going to get into this topic. All right. So now. I have some questions for you, naked Nikki. For me? Yes, for you. Well, always for me. Because why you're can't the mama. I never give you no, oh yeah. Because you're the mama here. I was getting ready to go into like why can't I never ask you no? Questions? You can always ask me questions, but I ain't a mother yet. So this is all about you, honey. Okay, come on. All right. Go. So how has your experience as a mother been different being a part of the LGBT community? Okay. Would you say it's been different? Uh, I knew you was coming with this because I seen it. Of course, I'm uh, in brown liquor, lesbian conversations, mm-hmm. LGBTQIA on Facebook. So I seen when you posted the question and it's crazy because I was the only one that actually went in there and responded. But I can't really answer that question as far as how do I think, you know what I'm saying, that it was different mm-hmm. or the challenges that I faced because when I had my son, you know what I mean? Like I was a lesbian. Like I said in previous episodes, I almost gave my mom a heart attack. I was, I was pregnant and came out the closet all in one swoop. So me, you know what I mean? Raising my son, I, I can't say that it, that there was any negatives. I can't speak on the positives. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, it was just me, the girl that I was dating at the time, and my son. Like, I never was with a guy. Like, um, at the time, I was dating a guy. But as he was growing up, it It was, was mostly just, with a woman. It was just with a woman. And it was just, you know what I'm saying, me and him and that's crazy too that you say you didn't really have any negative experiences because you raised your son in a different era you raised him in the 90s like yeah where gay was more i won't say frowned upon but it wasn't as accepted as it is now right so nobody was coming to me in those negative you know like aspects I wonder, like at schools, you know, like when mm-hmm. I was signing him up for school. But I had my mom backing me. Even though my mom didn't, you know, ex- accept my lifestyle at that time, you know, she accepted me as being her daughter and she worked in the in, in the school system. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if my mom already had all that set up for me, right. all I had to do was just show up right. with Elijah and 
boom, like he 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 was in there. I would say, you know, I would want to ask my son what were the things that he had to go through growing up because I didn't make a lot of good decisions. Mm-hmm. You know, when he when he was growing up, I was in the streets, I was hustling. Um, I did what I was supposed to do as I thought mm-hmm. back then as a mother. But my son really, you know what I'm saying, took the brunt of the decisions that I made. Being incarcerated, I went to jail uh, when he was nine years old. That's a crucial age, right, right. you know, to be gone from your child for five years. When I came home, he was 14. And thank you, God, that I had a praying mother, a praying mm-hmm. grandmother. And, you know, I don't have a disrespectful son. He should be disrespectful, you right. know what I mean? Shout but out to son, son. Shout out to my son. And uh, shout out to, once again, my mom. This is one of the things that I am proud of, of my mother, because she did know God. And she ended up being a saved Christian, because my mom was in them streets and was in them streets heavy too, but got saved. If it wasn't for my mother getting saved, I don't know where we as a unit, as mm-hmm. a family, mm-hmm. we would be right now. And... That was a blessing. You right. know what I'm saying? And that's how my son ended up knowing about God because of my mother. Because once again, like I was out there and I was in them streets and I was in them streets heavy doing everything under the sun. And I wasn't showing my son the right way. But once I actually was incarcerated, which my mom prayed for me to go to jail, once again, thank you for a praying mama. Because thank you for praying mamas and grandmas. And grandmas. Because I feel like I wouldn't be here today. If it wasn't for my mom praying, mm-hmm. I feel like she was my shield and she was my protector. I'm not strung out on drugs. I drink a little bit too much. You know what I'm saying? So I never pass judgment on anybody. Right. But I'm here. Mm-hmm. And I can live to sit here and talk to you and talk to the podcast right now. But I don't really see, you know, like I was saying earlier, any challenges because I haven't been in... The balance of being with a man and being with a woman. You know what I'm saying? I was, you know, always around a lot of women. And the only man that I did have in my life and protected me was God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So a few things. I just want to say, for one, shout out to Sun Sun. He Again. is a very respectable, honorable young man. He's very humble. I love him to death. And he's not even technically my son. We're not even married yet. Son, but... You know what I mean? Like, I love him to death. He's, I was so scared meeting him. I was so nervous meeting him for the first time. And then, I told you he was cool. Right. And then once I got in there and I was just like, he's just happy to see his mom. He's not even studying me. I was just like, okay, cool. (laughs) Like, we're good. But, you know, occasionally we text. I check up on him. I make sure he doesn't need anything. He's always just very honest. And I, I love that I can communicate with him, even though he's grown. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I'm dating someone with a small child, you know what I mean? But that's one of the conversations that we had before you moved here. And I felt like it was important to have that conversation because I know that how much I know how much your child meant to you. And I didn't want you to just leave him in limbo. You know what Uh I mean? Like, so that we were already having though, those conversations before we even met because before my mom passed away, she was already telling me, like, baby, you're out, you're outgrowing Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. You're, you know what I'm saying? You done published your books, and I want to see you 
be great. And I don't want you to be afraid to leave. And I feel like my mom was giving me that, uh, was having those conversations with me because in her heart, she was scared to leave. She always wanted to leave Pittsburgh and to, you know what I'm saying, venture out and to travel and to do so many things, but she had to take care of us, mm-hmm. you know, and she just couldn't get up and uproot her kids. And then once we were grown, that's the mother's love right there. Like, right. You'll once give up your grown. dreams and your wishes and wants just to make sure you take care of your children. Right. At the end of the day, you want to oversee them, like, no matter how grown you are, how grown they are, at the end of the day, you know what I mean? You want to oversee your children. You want to be close to them. That is true. And you want them to be more than what you were. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, my mom wanted wanted us to explore, like, hey, I was scared to do this and I was scared to do that, but you have the opportunity right. to go ahead right. and do that. Shout out to moms all over the world. And that's the same way that... I am right now, like with my son. But I had those conversations though with my son, and I was telling him that, hey, I, it's time for Mama to go. Plus, I felt like if I would have stayed, I would have almost crippled him, just because it been a hindrance. of yes, just because of me spoiling him, you know, and him always having you as a resource, right? And this is something that we didn't we didn't touch on as far as mamas. You can tell when a mama is wrong, but they won't say it. You know right, what I'm saying? Right. Nowadays, you know, I feel like a lot of us are having those conversations with our kids and we are able to sit down and admit when we're wrong. I say that is a good thing that has progressed over time because right. back in the day, parents would not say that they was wrong. Right. It was, come on, we're going to go to McDonald's. Exactly. Or you would get pizza. Yeah. Or you would get, you know what I'm saying, a new <laughs> outfit or something like that right. because Some new our shoes. parents didn't know how to apologize back then and it was because of you know how they were raised exactly you know what i mean and we have to remember our mothers because i'm 43 you know what i mean my mom was uh she would have been 70 uh when she passed away she passed away a couple of days before she turned 70 my mom was one of the dark-skinned women in her family when she was growing up her mother was very fair-skinned so my mother went through a lot of different things mm-hmm. being a dark-skinned mm-hmm. child living in a in a house where, you know what I'm saying, everybody was light-skinned. And at that time, you know, there was so much going on with, you know, slavery and, uh, you know. Colorism. Colorism, mm-hmm. period. Colorism, light-skinned blacks versus dark-skinned blacks and mm-hmm. things like that. And being dark-skinned was ugly. So, you know, my mom didn't grow up, you know, in that emotional setting to right. where... I can hug on you. You can, you know what I'm saying, hug on your kids. It was it was a little bit more on the tough side. So I feel like if we were to ever have a child, uh, that would be one of the things that I would change. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Um, and just be different. I would try to be more emotional. You know what I'm saying? More affectionate. More affectionate. Yes. Yes. More affectionate. You said it right on the nose. And we said that before on one of the podcasts. I know we touched on it in the studish episode. And I know we touched on it in another episode. Like one of the things for people out there that have resentment towards their parents. Like you have to understand that our parents were only able to give us what they had to give like what they knew like and you have to understand like a lot of our parents 
if you're in the 30s and 40s, like a lot of our parents came from parents who were who were slaves. Like my great grandmother talks about times where she was picking cotton. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's crazy. Like gratefully, I'm one of the children that I'm a person that was able to experience my great great grandmother, my great grandmother, and my grandma. Like I had those generations of wisdom like put into me you know what I mean but it's it's crazy because like I said like I don't even know I want to say my great grandmother my great great grandmother grandma Patsy I don't even think she was my real great great grandmother I think she took in my great grandma and my grandmother and that became our family Mm. like that wasn't even really somebody that we were related to it and she passed away she she passed away at 99 years old literally 99 years old and my great grandma like when she got ready to pass away like she had dementia but she knew me as her baby that would take her to church she may not have known my name. She may not have been able to say my name, but she knew that I was the baby that would come pick her up and take her to church every Sunday. Like that was our thing together. Like we would go to church together because we went to the same church. Right. Shout out to New Covenant in Tallahassee. Rest in peace, Bishop Payton. Rest but in peace, Bishop Payton. Um, yeah, like my great grandmother was the found one of the founding mothers of that church. But also I wanted to say too, I wonder if that was like a southern thing where like more aggressive women got that judgment or that side eye or that, you know, negative connotation around having kids. Because when I came out, if you were a stud, it was like frowned upon if you had a baby. Mm-hmm. And I feel like what we did with the episode with Brit about a stud having a baby was part of the evolution. Like I feel like at some point as a woman, your body is naturally gonna crave motherhood. Like whether you have the child or you with a partner that has a child, as a woman at some point in your life, you're going to just be baby crazy. Mm-hmm. And I've gone back and forth with that because we don't have kids yet. Like, we've talked about it. But, like, it's one of the things that I go back and forth about because when I was younger, you couldn't tell me that I wouldn't put on this earth to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And I think that's because my sisters had kids when they were really young. And, I, you know, during the summers, I would, like, I had like a summer camp school like I would teach them how to say ABCs and write one two threes and write their names and all of that kind of stuff but like ultimately I felt like I was here to have babies and now I'm just like I don't know (laughs) just because I hear so many horror stories about like what happens and the black maternal rate and like you know, like all of these different factors and things that go into having a baby. And it's just like, it's harder as a lesbian. It costs more as a lesbian. And it's just like, Lord of mercy. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I really don't know. But I do think I that you. I do think that that was a Southern. I ain't going to say it was a Southern thing, but I do. In my experience, like I said, when I came out around 2008, 
studs if you were a stud or a more aggressive woman and you were pregnant or you were having a child you were looked at like are you really gay like you ain't gay for real like you know what I mean it was just like and that was the thing it was judgment because nobody knew how you got pregnant it was all just like a you know, like an assumption. Oh, okay. You know okay. what I'm saying? I, I like people were assuming that X person had sex with a man and they got pregnant or whatever. They didn't know if they went to the doctor and did that. Back in the day, they weren't going to no doctor, honey. They was getting pregnant. I know, me. but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what I'm saying. It, at the end of the day, nobody knew how you were really going about your pregnancy. Nobody talked about... You as a woman craving pregnancy, just naturally your body wanting to have a baby or just wanting that motherhood feeling like wanting that child being a mother like that feeling as a woman like people weren't talking about that. If you were aggressive woman or if you were a stud like that wasn't talked about. So like a lot of studs that I knew that got pregnant they were judged they were judged and they were judged negatively like in the gay community like i said when i was out it was like girl stop it you claiming you claiming rape or something and it's just like what is the real story <laughs> that right there is a whole, whole nother conversation nother, yeah like cover conversation uh, we we kind of like jumped around a little bit. Uh, so let's do this. Mm-hmm. We're going to do our last commercial. And then we're going to come back. Okay. All right. You ready? All right. We'll All be right, back go after ahead. this commercial break. All right. All right, y'all. We are back. Right. We had to clean it up a little bit. I had to, you know what I'm saying, go to the restroom. I said restroom like I'm at work. Damn. <laughs> I had to go you to work refresh, brain. Right, refresh my drink out here. Cause upper management. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, she be on my ass. But anywho, I wanna uh just hop back into the conversation. And what what were we talking about, babe? I forgot that quick. The judgment. The judgment that studs may have dealt with having a baby. Okay. All right. Now when I was having my son. Uh, like I said, I was coming out of the closet and, you know what I'm saying, pregnant all in one swoop. I was always boyish, you know. Uh, I was never really too girly, but, you know, I, I didn't get any, you know, like, uh, lash out. You know, like, right. I didn't have... No direct. Yeah, like, I didn't have no beards. It's not like how it is now because I feel like we're trending mm-hmm. now. You know what I mean? And once Oprah went ahead and put on the map first male having a baby you remember that episode mm-hmm. and uh the guy was guy slash female which basically was a trans right you know what i'm saying i still had all of you know all of the female parts but you know was going through that transition decided to have a baby because that was something that you know he she or she he wanted to do but once oprah actually put it out there and put it on the map Mm-hmm. I feel like we really became a trending topic. It was already trending, but we are really, really trending now. Right. And it's a fine line between trending and capitalism. Like, 
You mm-hmm. want the representation, but also you don't want overexposure. But I feel like we're being overexposed now because of everything that you see on TV. Any show that you really watch nowadays, there's definitely a gay character, a lesbian character, some sort of sex scene, some type of kiss scene. Or a trans person. Or a trans person. It's like, okay, we're here and boom, we're out there and now we're everywhere and now it's just a very trending topic. That's one thing that I really don't agree with. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And it is. I guess on regular TV. Right. It's in cartoons. They they said that it's always been in cartoons. You know, you had Burnt Ernie. Burnt Ernie was sleeping in the bed together when he was growing up. He was taking a bath. Right. You know, so it it gets a little bit confusing. But, uh... Going back to what I said about the grandmas. I know you wanted to touch on your grandma. Right, I did want to touch on my grandma too. But, damn it. I lost my train of thought. I don't know what you was thinking. You didn't... You how how you supposed to be my co-host? You supposed to have my back? You supposed to be I on do my got shit? Back. I got you know you I be over here sipping. I tried to bring you back. You brought me back too far. Because <laughs> I, I feel like I veered off from the conversation again. I swear, little brown liquor, we making some changes. I'm gonna stop drinking all this goddamn tequila while we got while we recording out mm-hmm. here. Because I be forgetting shit. No, I'm serious. Okay, I'm serious. Season four, I'm gonna be clean and sober. Oh. Right. You see the laugh after that, right? No, I'm serious. Animal, put my titties up. No, you're not. I am. You're not going to do we that. Are, we are converting over to something new, something clean. Okay. Something fresh, something new, something clean. Right. Oh, boom, gang. So fresh is so clean, clean. All right, we still very <laughs> Come on, babe, bring me back. You know what I mean? Bring me back, bring me back. What the hell was we just talking about? We was talking about the grandmothers. No, we wasn't. Okay, so again, this is a special episode for mothers. <laughs> Shout out to all the moms. You know what I mean? Shout out to the single mothers, the gay mothers. You know what I'm saying? Every motherly figure. If you've been an auntie that has had to be motherly at some point. If you've been a sister that has had to be motherly at some point, we we just want to love on y'all. Shout out to the mothers. Hey, this is a mother episode. It's all about moms. We are terrible. You're terrible because I don't know what, what your train of thought was. I don't know. Where we were just going. having a whole conversation. The conversation was... Hey, we gonna listen back to these episodes and be cracking up. I can't wait to get to season ten when we come back to season three. Right. And like, we was on Mother's Love and we was just tripping and falling. Do you have anything else to say about moms? Mm Mm-hmm. So what? Let me ask you this. Okay. Yeah. Bring me back. Roll me in. Let me ask you this. How do you define a mother's love? How would you define a mother's love? A mother's love is them hugs in the middle of the night when you wake up and you having a bad dream. It's those imaginary dinners that we wanted right. at the dinner table, but we couldn't have because our mamas had to work. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It's uh, being able to admit when you're wrong. It's and that's something that our mothers didn't do. Right. You know, this is what this is this definition that I'm giving you is the definition that 
I want to be today as a mother, even though my son is 25 years old. It's actionable. Right. Mm -hmm. If we were to have another, you know what I'm saying, baby, these are the steps that I would take. But I just feel like a mother, uh, a mother's love is just unconditional. Mm -hmm. And despite the situations or, you know what I'm saying, the lifestyle or, you know, where you're at in life with your mother, as long as the love is unconditional, then, you know, that's really what it is because at the end of the day, you breathe different when your mom leaves this earth, if you talk to her or if you don't. Right. Any which way, you know what I'm saying, that you think about it, you breathe different once your mama is not here anymore. Yeah, shout out to everybody that has lost a mom. So Mother's Day may be hard or difficult for you because mm-hmm. you've lost a mom or you, you've lost a motherly figure. Shout out to you because... I can only imagine what that may be like. I know, you know, me and my mom, we're good now, but we weren't always on the best of terms. But so I feel like that's what all moms do. Right. We all, when you're growing up, you know, as uh, parents would say, you don't believe shit stink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, don't go, you ain't going to get it until you grown. Once you're right. grown and you have your own kids, then you'll understand where I'm at in the position that I'm in right now. Everybody gets gets uh, gets in arguments with their mothers, well, with their parents mm-hmm. when they're growing up. Yeah, that's true. It's natural, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's in those moments, those defining moments. Like if you can rehab that relationship with your mom, like thank God, me and my mom were in a place to where we could both just see each other. We could both recognize each other. I guess she realized that like me being gay was not going to change. It wasn't a phase for me. Like my mom has never really accepted any of my ex-girlfriends, even my ex-fiance. Like she wasn't necessarily always on board. But like now having conversations with her, she'll tell you she loves you. Like I'm on the phone with her and she'll be like, what Nikki doing? Where Nikki at? (laughs) What what when what what Nikki 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 and I'm like Ma I'm talking to you <laughs> like what's happening right now? I feel like the the longer you know you're you're growing in your personality and in the lifestyle and your parents see that you're not changing they're more willing to you know what I'm saying accept it when you first hit them with it they looking at you and they blinking like what you're gay no that's not how you were raised that's not what you're doing and no i'm not accepting it i'm going to love you as my daughter because that's what i you know what i'm saying that's what i have to do and it's not i'm not going to say it's something that they have to do you know or that just they're obligated instinct. it's just natural instinct mm-hmm. yeah because you're my you're my baby so i'm going to love you but i do not have to accept the accept the fact of how you're living right you know because when i came on i came on in 96 my my mother was not happy uh she definitely felt a certain type of way she was a christian you know and her first thing was well did somebody touch you what did i do wrong you know so me being 43 now and looking back to the conversation that we had because my son is 25 I was pregnant he wasn't even six months in my belly when I was sitting there you know and having that conversation with my mother like no mom you didn't do anything wrong this is just something that came about you know what I'm saying in in me as a person you know 
And back then, no, she didn't accept it. And she was rude, you know. Uh, And we had to, you know, grow. As I grew in my relationship with, you know what I'm saying, being a lesbian, my mom had to accept the fact, well, she didn't have to accept the fact that I was a lesbian, but she had to, you know what I'm saying, at least acknowledge it, acknowledge it mm-hmm. and understand. Mm-hmm. And before she passed away, you know, things that were going on 20 years ago wasn't going on when she passed away. She was a lot, you know what I'm saying, more receptive to the relationships that I was in. And she would give me advice and I would be able to listen and we were able to talk about it, uh, which I'm very happy about. Right. And I love her and she loved me. So it was, it was, you know what I'm saying, a great connection. But I say all that to say this. You have to give your parents time. Everybody has their own beliefs. Everybody has... Uh, you know what I'm saying? Their own way of living. So when you hit them with that, oh, this is what I am and this is what I'm doing, you have to be willing to accept how your family is feeling. You have to be able to accept their process and let them go through what it is that they need to go through as you go through everything that you got to go through as well so that y'all can come back as one. Mm-hmm. And it may not be an easy journey. You know what I'm saying? It could be a hard journey. And nine times out of ten, most of the time, it really is. There's a, a a young lady that's in my inbox right now from Brown Liquor. She's in Nigeria. You can't even express the fact that you like women. There are a lot of cultures out here uh, and a lot of, uh, you know, different nationalities to where you can't even express the fact even that you're still, gay. In 2022. In 2022. Right. You know what I'm saying? This young lady that I'm talking to right now, we want her to come on. You know what I'm saying? To the podcast, we want to tell our story, but I have to work with her and she has to talk to me. And she, as of, as of right now, she doesn't feel comfortable. She's right. afraid to actually come on because mm-hmm. she's like, somebody may, you know, hear us or they may notice my voice or hear my story. You may think that it's me and I could really, you know, get in trouble for this. She's been raped. She's been shunned. Uh, her family has stopped talking to her. And this is over there, like I said, in Nigeria. You got Jamaicans. You got Haitians. There's a lot of people. Well, not a lot of people, but a lot of nationalities mm-hmm. that cannot express the way that they're feeling. And you have mothers that want to love on their children. But because of, you know what I'm saying, how they were uh, you know, brought up and raised. The culture. The culture. Mm-hmm. Their husbands. They are not allowed right. to, you know, go in. And just try to be those figures or those listening ears. So it's just crazy. It's crazy and it's different. Right. And I've told you my experience with me dating. I dated two Nigerian women in the past. One of which, when she came out, her family completely disowned her. And they told her, you know, you no longer have the right to use our last name. Uh, One of which, who, you know, when she came out, her family... They didn't disown her, but they wouldn't acknowledge me as her girlfriend. Like, we, they had a whole birthday dinner for her one time, and I was there, and they, her sisters, her mom, nobody, like, acknowledged me at all. And I had to accept the fact that it wasn't about me, it was about the situation and Mm -hmm. our relationship. You know what I mean? Like, I, I had to... 
come around to not taking it personal. And that was kind of hard for me. But at the same time, I knew what it was with her background and her nationality and her origin. Like, I couldn't, what what was I supposed to do about that? That's something I feel like we're going to have to start working on, uh, you know, going into uh, future seasons on how can we help those that are in different countries and, uh, you know, different nationalities. uh, How can they come out? How can they be safe Mm -hmm. so that they can have their voice? Right. You know what I mean? Because that does like that, that. Her story, because I am like, I'm trying to decipher it because she is, she's from another country. So it's broken English. English. Yeah. Yeah. It's broken mm-hmm. English. Like she's been raped. There's just, there's so many different aspects to her story. And it is like, it, it's so, it's, it's, it, it's sad, but you know what I'm saying? It's informative too, because I didn't know that it was like going that. on over there like that. So we live in the USA to where we can say and do anything and we take that we shit have for granted. and right? all kinds of stuff. Right. Taking for granted. So we'll get with some organizations and feel, find out how we can, like you said, be of help. assistance, right. be sponsors to those in other countries that are dealing with the shame and the embarrassment and the the punishment of coming out as gay. Right. Because ultimately, at the end of the day, whether she comes on and tell her story or not, like, we want her to be protected. We want her to tell her story, but we also want her to be safe. So whether we have to thing. tell her story or she's actually able to come on and we have some type of device where we can disguise her voice or whatever, like we'll work that out on the back end. But at the end of the day, Brown Liquor is all about safety. All about safety. And all community. About community. Getting the stories out there. And the information. Right. You know, because we are mothers and we want to protect ours. We are the mother. We, we, mama cubs. Mama, mama bears. Cubs, mama cubs and mama bears. Brown liquor conversations. We evolving. Mm-hmm. This is one thing that I love about our podcast, man. And we out here, we picked up, you know, our iPad and we wrote some notes down and we was like, God damn it, we're going to do this. And we're going to touch on subjects that nobody else is touching on. And that's what it is that we're doing right now. Exactly. And we are evolving. Please just grow with us. You know what I'm saying? We don't have no script. We just out here and we doing it. We're going to get better over time. That's why Nikki forgets her her talking points sometimes. Uh, We don't have no script. Right. But I'm going to start writing my shit down. Going into season four, I'm going to make sure that I have my uh, uh, uh. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. (laughs) I know what's going on and I can still be sipping. Yes. <laughs> so we are growing. Shout out to Brown Liquor. I just want to pet us on the back again. We're not you. even a year old and we're almost at a thousand listens. With no marketing. No marketing. None. Very little promotion skills. So, I mean, this is our like first time, first experience doing this. So make sure you tell a friend to tell a friend to listen to Brown Liquor. Right. Like, we here with all this good information. And we still coming out strong, man. You got to start somewhere. Right. And I want y'all to remember, man, because we be looking at these stars that's out here, man. We be looking at Puffy. We be looking at Jay-Z. We be looking at Beyonce. You have to exercise. That's number one. None of these people, all these people that we that I just mentioned right now, mm-hmm. they all came from the hood. You know what I'm saying? They all had the same 24 hours. It was just what they were doing within a 24 hours mm-hmm. to get to 
to get to where they are. Yeah. Say it one more time. Get to where they are. We had to all we all have the same twenty four hours to what? Get to where they are. Managing your time, being uh, productive, mm-hmm. taking risk, being organized, being organized. But at the end of the day, though, not giving up. As of right now, like we out here, we making mistakes. We we definitely be having podcasting difficulties technical difficulties (laughs) baby but at the end of the day though we don't give up and we make sure that we come back and when we come back we come back stronger Mm -hmm. and when you don't give up and you keep on going that's when you persevere and that's when you get the honor and you get the glory at the end of the day all right Oh, did I hit him with that? You hit him with the word, honey. Oh, a little bit. Honor and glory. And make sure that you keep God at the forefront. Yes. And I feel like that's a good place to end. Again, we going to shout out to all the moms. Mm. All the moms. If you lost a mom. If you... Yeah, my mom gone, man. I miss, I miss her. Shout out to Shirley Flowers, man. A.K.A. We got to stick together. Yes. Yes. She behind us right now. Right. Yeah, you bought some flowers too. I had yeah, to buy mama some flowers. some flowers. It's Mother's Day. Right. She's been gone for, um, it's going on three years. It'll be three years next month. And like I said, like I definitely breathe different. Me and my mom, we had our ups. We had our downs. But I feel like in the end, that last year, we both connected spiritually, emotionally, um, as a mother and daughter and we gained a friendship because we had a lot of turmoil. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? There was a lot of anger that she had towards me. There was a lot of anger that I had towards her. Uh because, you know, we are human beings. Even though we are mothers and daughters and you know what I'm saying, we still have to realize that our parents are human beings. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And once again, they did go through their own trials and tribulations and could only give us what they had. Right. I had to have several conversations and you know what I'm saying? I went through some therapy too. But I one thing that I didn't learn in therapy, well, I'll say that it was therapy because I was in prison. I feel like prison was a, a form of therapy too. Okay. You know what I'm saying? And when I was in prison, there was a lot of people that didn't have mothers mm-hmm. to come visit them. They didn't have mm-hmm. nobody to reach out to, but I had a mom. And I, I said this on previous a praying um, one at that. A praying one at that. And I said this in previous uh, episodes as well. You know, a young lady told me, you need to be happy that you got a mother. You sitting here and you complaining about what your mom didn't do. You better be happy about what she did do. And you just remember that she gave you all the love that she can give. I had heard it so many times before. But at that moment is when I received it. Mm -hmm. And that's when I started to think like, okay, this is when I I need to start repairing my relationship with my mother. But not just with my mother. I need to start working on myself too so that I could be open to receive more information. Mm -hmm. But it took me to be in that therapy session, sitting in a common room that we we called it uh, when we were in prison. And it was just basically like a big family room that we all sat in to watch Mm -hmm. TV and everything. But that conversation that I had... You know, that was God talking to me. Right. God just, you know what I'm saying, put his voice in her to let me know. They say that God works through people. And he did. He worked through her because it did change my whole perspective on 
uh, how I felt about my mother and how I wanted to be as a person moving forward. Because mm-hmm. at that moment, I knew I was like, I got to change some stuff in me so that I can receive the, uh, the, the message and so that others around me will be able to receive the message and see me differently. Like, oh, okay. I, you know what I'm saying? Like, Nick is changing. Like, she wants to be a part of family because I was a loner. But, but, mm-hmm. but anywho, hopped off topic. And I said <laughs> that to say this. It was very relative. It was very relative? Very relative. Okay. Love on your mother. Yes. You breathe different when she's not here. If you have an argument and you're arguing right now, this is the time, this is the day to go ahead and just reach out. You don't have to try to solve everything in uh, uh, 60 seconds. Right. Just simply happy Mother's Day. Exactly. You never know what door that could open. Shout out to my mama. Right. All right. Or what 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 that could sew up with a just simple happy Mother's Day. Hey, mom, I love you. Mm-hmm. It's just that simple. Like, if you still have your mom here appreciate her love on her if you have some type of resentment towards your mom go to therapy and work that out because at the end of the day you only get one mama only one you only get one mama and i i love my mom i love my sisters i love my grandmothers i love everyone that has been a motherly figure to me and again shout out to all the moms happy mother's day we hope you guys have a beautiful wonderful relaxing mother's day take that mommy moment drink right and have your mother's day special if it's in a corner if it's on the beach if it's outside if it's just time to yourself do what you got to do sis it's all about you it's all about you today amen to that all right we gonna end it on that note and we're signing off we are signing off Woo! happy mother's day everyone and remember to lick that split. Ow. Ow.